Act local, Act local, marketing for small business. Episode 111. There's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 111. I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. And each week here on Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you called Today's Takeaway, where you get at least one action item that you can walk away with today to implement and grow your business. I also invite a special guest to help you with some aspect of your business growth Today, I'm speaking with a business author and entrepreneur with Street Smarts, who absolutely refuses to deliver a boring-ass message, so you'll want to stay tuned for this. I don't think there has been a time in American history where we've spoken more about entrepreneurs and their spirit. Often, living the life of an entrepreneur is challenging, it's lonely, and it can be riddled with doubt. Do you believe in fate? Fate is the development of events beyond your control. Or perhaps the word destiny resonates for you. Destiny is comprised of the events that will happen to you in the future. Paulo Coelho wrote a book in 1988 I love called The Alchemist. It was ultimately translated into 67 languages. I think he's on some Guinness World Book of Records because of that. But the book itself slowly became a bestseller in the 90s. It was not an overnight hit. But it has spent, I just checked before recording, it has spent 341 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, and it's there right now today as I'm recording this. The Alchemist centers on a main theme of finding one's destiny. I like to describe it this way. Have you ever felt that there is a a voice in your life or a guiding hand that keeps steering you back to something? You might ignore that voice or slip out from under the guiding hand and do other things for years even before slowly being guided back and finding yourself on the same road again and again. People, that is destiny calling you. For me, that destiny keeps pushing me back into writing. I talk about writing all the time. Now, like many of you, I went to public school, went to college, got a degree, 
and went on to work in my chosen field of engineering. I met my husband, got married, had three kids, and eventually went back into a career that has changed quite a lot since the beginning. But the one constant that has never changed through all of my personal and professional choices is that I am drawn to writing. Whether it was term papers in school, sales copy at work, being the editor of a professional services newsletter on a volunteer basis, I might add, or editor of the children's newspaper at my son's grammar school, another volunteer position. Writing is a consistent and ever-present theme within my life for as long as I can remember. Is it fate? Is it destiny? The alchemist would say when you keep finding yourself drawn to do something, stop ignoring it and do what your destiny is telling you you should be doing. I think this notion of fate is what fuels many entrepreneurs to take action. So let's discuss today's takeaway. I always promise you an action item that you could take with you now to help you grow your business. And here it is. If you're not sure what I mean by destiny, why don't you try reading Paulo Coelho's book, The Alchemist? I guarantee you there are probably copies in every library in the world. Here's your action step. Take time to examine if there is something that you have always felt called to do. Identify it. What is it? And are you doing it? If not, how can you bring your destiny into your business? Entrepreneurship has extended from its origins in business to include social and political activity. There is nothing in your destiny that can not become part of your entrepreneurial journey. The more passionate you feel about that journey, the more likely you are to be successful on the journey. The marriage of your business and your calling will lead to a happier, more fulfilling, and more prosperous life for you and those you love. Then the marketing will be easy. It is always easy to market something you believe in. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I promise I will point you in the right direction with whatever questions you may have about pulling your destiny into your business. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on the social media channels, channels like Facebook and Twitter and Google+. Follow me so that I can get to know you better. And please tell your followers about Act Local Marketing. Subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review on iTunes. Those reviews are so important to me. Please, every week I give you an, an hour of wonderful guests that are going to help you. So please help me by going into iTunes and leaving a review for the podcast. It's time for a short break, but when we return, business book author Kathleen Gage is here. And she's stepping to the front of the room. You've got to stay tuned for this. 
Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And as promised, I want to introduce you to today's guest, Kathleen Gage. She is the no-nonsense, common-sense speaker, author, product creation specialist, and owner of the highly successful company Power Up for Profits. Kathleen helps entrepreneurs make money online. Kathleen's clients are driven by making a difference through their own unique voice. Considered to be one of the nation's most passionate speakers, she is known for cutting through the fluff and helping people leave their sob stories behind so they can stop focusing on the past and start looking toward the future. She speaks and teaches about what she believes are the core elements of a successful life. Accountability, integrity, honesty, and living with passion and hope. It's not to say that Kathleen doesn't know struggle. At the age of 25, she was homeless without a college degree. And with no direction, no focus, and no true purpose, she wondered if she'd ever find a use for her life. I can't wait to hear more about that story, Kathleen. Now, following a spiritual awakening, she decided it was time to do something with her life and come out of hiding, if you will. This started an upward trajectory over 30 years ago, leading to the creation of her first company, Street Smarts Marketing, in 1994. Since then, 
Kathleen has become a much sought after speaker and writer, refusing to deliver what she calls boring ass messages. You are a girl after my own heart. Kathleen Gage, welcome to Act Local Marketing. It is great to be here, Kaylin. Great to be here. You have some story, my friend. Uh, the first question I always ask people on this podcast when I don't know them is, uh, I always say in a nutshell, I know it's hard to put your life in a nutshell, but just tell us your entrepreneurial journey. I need to hear more about what that story, what happened to you? How did you end up being here and now doing what you're doing? Well, that's a great question. And I, I always love sharing a little bit about uh, how I got started. And I actually was working for a corporation, GTE Health Systems, in 1994. I had been there for about three years. And uh, it was so interesting because once I really got my, my life in order, I started becoming a very high achiever. And I was the employee of the year. I got employee of the month several times. I was recognized for accomplishments. And yet I found that there was a real ceiling on creativity. It wasn't really a glass ceiling for women. It was really just a creativity ceiling. And I decided at that time I wanted to start my own business. Well, the natural evolution was going from a corporate environment into corporate training. And so for the first few years of my business, I did a lot of corporate training. I actually worked with the uh, U.S. Marine Corps. I worked with a lot of Fortune 500 and 100 companies. And what I realized over time was that really wasn't where my heart was. As my company has evolved and changed names and gone through many, many recreations, uh, what I found was I enjoyed most working with women who are over the age of 50, who have had successful careers, who really want to do something important in the world, and they want to package their knowledge. So I went from corporate training, working with the military, working with sheriff departments, um, uh, police departments, fire departments, uh, into state agencies, into small businesses, then into micro businesses, and primarily now solo entrepreneurs. But now what's interesting is I'm seeing a shift back to working with small businesses who are more brick and mortar businesses. So I have a, a real nice combination between solo entrepreneurs who work out of their home uh, to those who actually have brick and mortar businesses generating millions of dollars in, in their business. Interesting. Well, this is exactly the right place for you. That's, that's my marketplace as well. And that's what this podcast, those are the people this podcast is for, to help uh, small businesses. I focus a lot on local businesses doesn't have to be uh, mom and pop, and it doesn't necessarily have to be brick and mortar, though it often is. But, you know, service professionals and uh, retail and Main Street USA that has some sort of local clientele. You know, they're not a national business. They're not Absolutely. an international business. They're a local business. And all of these things that we do online, Kathleen, that they see the big companies doing, can be done at the local business level. You just have to be smart about it and uh, learn a lot of this stuff, and you can really make a difference for your business with that kind of marketing. That's what you're going to help everyone with today. Well, I sure hope to. <laughs> so I noticed when I was on your website that you have uh, a manifesto. I do. Can you tell me a little bit about your manifesto? Absolutely. The the manifesto, actually, I had a gentleman uh, work with me on that. Uh, Matthew Goldfarb is his name. And, and oh, we I spent know hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matthew's a great guy. I actually was in a mastermind with him recently. Right. And um, 
he spent several hours on the phone with me where we went through just me pouring out my my thoughts, my heart, my soul. I mean, really revealing a lot to him about what my whole philosophy and purpose in life and in business is. And he was able to extract from that some really key points, which is basically quit hiding out. Um, what I realized with a lot of people, women especially, that they tend to hide out and they want to play safe. And you can't play safe in the business world anymore. You have to be able to stand out and put your personality out to market, and really become more of a community-minded person than a business-minded person. If you notice a lot of the people that are succeeding at a really high level online, uh, those are the people who have communities that they've surrounded themselves with, and they have very unique personalities that they're willing to put out to market. Um, in the past, especially for middle-aged people, we've been taught that you have to play safe, you have to hide who you are, you have to act a certain way. And now we're finding that those people who are really succeeding at the highest level are letting their personality shine through. So my whole messaging is about quit hiding out and you are your greatest secret. I could not agree with you more. You, you literally just described me, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a boomer. And, mm -hmm. and we were taught, you know, you had to be corporate, you had to, you know, act a certain way and be a certain way. And you're right. People will remember you when they actually know who you are instead of being like everyone else. That's, a, that's a great philosophy. And, and what also is true with that is you polarize people. There are people who will love you for who you are and people who won't want to do business with you. And that's okay because a lot of people in the past would say, everybody's my market and I'll do business with just about anybody. And it's not that way today. The more that you can actually polarize your market and find that community of people who really appreciates who you are for who you are, um, you will find you enjoy business more, you tend to make more money, you can uh, connect with people on a deeper level, and it really is about connection. So it, there's a lot of advantages to stepping out from the crowd. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you totally. So tell me, you deal, you deal with a, a lot of different niches, but it, with entrepreneurs in particular, it can be very crowded out there in the digital world. So how do, how do they make themselves more visible to their market? Wow, that is such a great question. Um, one of the best ways to make yourself visible is to do exactly what we're doing today, to have the opportunity to share your message with somebody else's market. So you've invited me to share my message with your market, uh, and that exposes me to a whole new group of people. That's one way. Another way is to start your own podcast show. Another way would be to actually uh, write articles and be very visible in social media where your market congregates. It's not just being on social media and putting information out. It's really being clear on who do you want to be seen by. And in many ways, it's just sharing your message and being very transparent in what you're doing and being consistent in what you're doing. Where I see a lot of people not really shine is in the fact that they'll try something once or twice, they don't get an immediate result from it, and then they say, well, this stuff doesn't work. Another thing that can be very powerful is write a book and get a lot of visibility around the book. And with the online strategies that are available today, you can get an incredible amount of traction on a book 
that book can have what's called lead bait inside of it. And what lead bait is, is an offer that drives people to an opt-in page to get your information to start building a relationship with them. Partnerships with the right people can get you a lot of visibility. But really what it is is having a strategy where each and every day you're doing something to raise the awareness that you exist. But you're doing it in a way that is in integrity with what you're doing. It uh, shares your message in the right way for who you are, and it puts you in front of your ideal client. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you say ideal client again. We should take a step back. Because to make yourself visible to your market, you need to know who they are, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You have to uh, you have to do some due diligence, you know, and you have to sit down and you have to map that out a little bit. You know, I tend to be a little strategic in my thinking before I let the creativity take over. So uh, it, it's just really important to know who those people are so that you can find them online. Because you're right, if you're allowing you to be you and you're polarizing people, and I think that's a great thing because you shouldn't be everything to everybody. How exhausting would that be? I know, I know. And then you start blending in and then life gets boring and then you say, I don't like my business and then you want to quit and go get a real job. Exactly. So, and we don't it. want that to happen to people. How <laughs> tragic. You know, and some people are more cut out for having a job. I mean, I there's That's nothing okay. wrong with people who want to have jobs, but the reality is, is um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to be visible. You have to be willing to sometimes do things that you don't necessarily want to do. I, the, the number one thing I hear people say is, "Well, I don't like to pick up the phone and call people. I'll just shoot off an email." And one of the most important things that I teach my clients is you have to be willing to pick up the phone and have conversations with people. And really anything that you're doing, whether it's online or face-to-face, -face, it's about having conversations. It's nothing more than that. And so the more sincere and real you can be in those conversations, like what we're doing right now, we're having a conversation. I would have the same conversation with you if we were sitting over uh, a dinner or a lunch or having coffee together as I would over the phone and during an interview. So it's really about just being authentic. And in many ways that word has been overused, but it's about being transparent and being who you are. And yes, finding that ideal client. Great exercise for finding the ideal client is go through your current client list and look at the people that you've most enjoyed working with. Look at the people who have been, um, they've honored the agreements they've made with you, which means they pay on time. Uh, they don't begrudge you because they have to pay you. They feel good about it because they're getting something in return. And profile who the number one or number two person would be in that list. And what you'll find is that once you start putting pen to paper and you really get a clear vision of who you've most enjoyed working with and who has most enjoyed working with you, you start attracting more of those types of people. And if you don't have a current client list, if you're just starting out and you're saying, well, I, I don't have anybody that I can profile, if you could identify your ideal client, who would that person be? Talk about characteristics, talk about demographics, but more characteristics than anything. And be willing to change and flow as, as things do change and flow. For example, I, uh, I'm going to be 61 in a few months, and I'm going to do a marathon. And I'm very into health and fitness, especially for older women. I think it's very important for us to take responsibility. I'm starting to incorporate that into my messaging 
around what I do in business. Because if you don't have the energy to run your business, you can't possibly serve your market at the highest level. I, I couldn't agree more with absolutely everything you said. Uh, I can't believe you're on the opposite side of the country from me because I, I would love to sit down and have that dinner or coffee with you. Well, we'll have to arrange that. I know, sure. we will. Maybe we can meet in the middle. I'm originally from Kansas City, so maybe we can meet in the middle. Somewhere. It's possible. Absolutely. <laughs> you never know. So tell me, there's a lot of people, since 2008 especially, Kathleen, a lot of people found themselves entrepreneurs whether they liked it or not, right? They were forced into mm -hmm. having to create a business for themselves. So they might have struggled. They they may maybe never had a business before. Maybe they didn't know all these things that you just shared with us about how to find your ideal clients, but they're struggling to, to make money. So what are some of the, the systems or the advice you can give them that's going to help them uh, make more money in this business that they either chose or didn't choose but find themselves in? Well, one of the things I'm going to share is somewhat counterintuitive, which is be willing to invest the money in a mentor. Um, and a lot of people say, well, I'll invest money in a mentor when I have the money to invest. And a lot of times you have to bite the bullet and say, okay, I'm going to go find somebody that has a good track record. They have a proven track record. I, I was looking at some of the people that you've had on your show before. And Tom Antion, he was one of my very first mentors. And I remember years ago, this was many years ago, when $1,000 was different than it is today. $1,000 at that time was probably what... 30 or 40,000 now is to me. And he had a program he was selling for $1,000 and I could get three coaching sessions with him, three half hour coaching sessions. Wow. And I had to think that, oh, it was like, oh, that's such a big decision for me to make. What if I don't get a return on investment? But I already knew he had a track record and I had bought a few of his programs and I knew that he knew what he was talking about. So I bit the bullet. I invested the $1,000 on one phone call I more than made my money back. And then with the other two calls, and then I hired him for some other things. And it was it was pretty incredible because there was a fear associated with making that kind of investment. But I knew that if I didn't put money in the game, that I wasn't going to grow in my business. And in the last couple of years, I've had a mentor that with that mentor, with the recommendations that she's made, with the investment I've made in her, with the travel, it's been well over $125,000 to $150,000 I've invested. So things have dramatically changed. They started changing when I was willing to invest. And so that's the one thing that I would really encourage newcomers to the entrepreneurial space to do is be willing to invest in resources and people that can help you go to the next level. Now, another thing that I always um, encourage people to look at is, are you a coach hopper and are you a program hopper? In other words, do you just buy things to make yourself think that you're making an investment, but you're not doing anything with that information? And if so, then put yourself on a buying diet for a period of time. With several of my clients, I've actually put them on diets around buying. And I'll say, I'm the last thing you're going to purchase for a while. And what we're going to do is make sure that you get full value from the investments that you've made. And then when you're ready to invest in something else, let's have a talk about it. And I'm not going to tell you no, but I want you to hear yourself uh, justify why you think you should buy something. And so it's being willing to invest if you have a hesitation and it's being willing not to spend if you tend to spend chasing after a solution that you're not willing to put the time in to make that solution become a reality. 
I, I like hearing you say that because I think that's that's the biggest problem that people have when they when they go out and get a coach. And I think coaches are wonderful. I've had several over the last six years. And the problem is that if you get coaching but then don't take action on what they're helping you with, then you're really not going to get anywhere. And that's that's where Kathleen's talking about program hopping or coach hopping. Right. That's just like another form of procrastination. And it's an addiction for a lot of people. It really is. You know, there, there's a lot of things that because of the Internet, our brain has literally been rewired and we're becoming more addictive in many ways uh, in just our day to day living. And um, so it's it's really looking at do you have a problem with the way you're spending your money? Because if you're going to run a business, you have to run it like a business. And this is where a lot of people don't really understand that running a business online is the same as running a business offline. You're running a business. You have to pay taxes. I, I recall many times where I've talked to people and at the end of the year, they realized, oops, I didn't put any money aside for taxes. I didn't pay my monthly taxes. I didn't pay my quarterly taxes. And now I'm in big trouble. And one of the first investments you really should make is in a good bookkeeper or an accountant. Um, you should get a business license. You should get a DBA. I mean, all of those things are a part of running a business. And a good mentor will help you with that. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you, the first person outside of me after I started my business was the bookkeeper. There, mm -hmm. there was nothing, For me, there was nothing worse than trying to do that monthly invoicing and then chasing people for money. And it was really weird to... to to be asking somebody to pay their bills if they were late, you know, it happens sometimes with, with certain clients. And then in the, you know, in the next breath to be sitting with them and trying to do the work with them outside of the money. There, there's just, for me, it was a whole weird dynamic to have to be chasing the money and then doing the work with them and, and trying to partner with them. So the best thing I did was go out and get a bookkeeper so that um, she could, be in charge of invoicing them and chasing the money. And if they were being bad, not paying their bills, I didn't have to be that guy, that guy chasing. Them you know, money. I, yeah. And, and that's a, a great point to bring up. I actually was working with a cosmetic dentist a few years ago who very successful dentist. He had a $3 million practice, had quite a few associates and quite a few uh, staff uh, team members. And he had this whole process that when he would talk to the patient about some of the care that they needed and if they wanted uh, cosmetic dentistry, the uh, veneers, it would be a substantial investment. It could be as much as forty or $50,000. Wow. He would present the information to them, but when it came time to talk money, he would have somebody else that would actually go in and talk about the finances. He would make the initial offer. Then when they said, yes, I'm ready, then he would have an assistant who went in about and talked about the financing. So there was a real separation between him being the, the good guy, if you will, and the assistant was the one who handled the finances. So there was no confusion. And the patient never had a bad feeling about who this uh, dentist was. Yeah, I think that's, that's important for a solo uh, preneur, you know, a, a sole practitioner, a solo entrepreneur to think about. And uh, sometimes, you know, they don't like to set aside the money to hire anyone else to do anything else. They're not really investing in themselves or their business. But it's, it's really an important line to be able to separate, I think.
Absolutely. And in our business, whether it be a $27 late payment or a $5,000 payment that the, the client isn't honoring, um, I have somebody who handles that for me it, because it, it really does make it difficult, especially a $27 payment. It's like I'm not going to spend my time chasing after $27 when I could be doing something like we're doing right now or I could be working on a product. or And it really does save for hard feelings because then my uh, th- this happens to be my Infusionsoft person that handles that side of things and then my accountant handles other things. But um, then there's no hard feelings with me that she handles it. And I don't get upset at the client. See, th- there, there's the issue, like what you said, they owe you money, but then you have to sit down and coach them. It's like, well, that doesn't feel too good. Yeah, the, you're right. The the emotion behind it all. And yes, this is all supposed to be business, but sometimes it's very hard to change those uh, caps back and right. forth. Um, right. So it's just, it's easier. At least it was easier for me. And it's a good idea to consider if you haven't already. Um, Kathleen, can you hold on through one uh, commercial break? Absolutely. Me? I have a couple more questions for you if you have time. Absolutely. Perfect. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. We're going to take a quick break and then more with Kathleen. Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, it's Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with my special guest today, Kathleen Gage. Kathleen is an expert. She's an entrepreneur. She's worked in a lot of businesses. She's built up a lot of businesses, and she's got a lot of, I'll call it street smarts marketing advice 
that was one of her uh, first companies that she ever created. And she's um, giving us lots of golden nuggets today, especially for entrepreneurs. But she really likes working with, uh, I guess I'm in your demographic, ladies over 50. And you help, are. Helping them be I, more, I did not know that. Yeah, helping them be more you successful. Are. So we've talked about a lot of things, you know, being figuring out who your market is. Uh, we were just talking about the bookkeepers and the money and making more money, but, you know, keeping track of it, too, and maybe having some of those systems in place. Now, talk to us about reaching our ideal market. I mean, how how are we going to, especially if you're a, a solopreneur, you only have so much time in the day and you need to be able to leverage what you're doing. So how can I reach more people when I'm still just me and there's only 24 hours in a day? Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Would it be for offline methods or online methods? Uh, because I can speak give to us, Give us examples of both. Okay. Offline would be, first of all, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you have to be able to identify who your ideal client is, because you don't want to spend time doing things in front of people that either are not a good fit, they don't have the money to pay you, they don't have an interest in what you have to offer. And so the first thing you need to do is be really clear on who do you want to do business with. Based on that, what you need to do is you need to get in front of those people where they hang out. For example, if uh, let's say you have somebody that um, is a small business owner that belongs to the local chamber. Well, obviously, you would go to the local chamber and attend meetings and possibly look for opportunities to speak at chamber meetings. But when you go to these meetings, go with the intention in mind that you're going to meet people, that you're not just going to sit there and give your elevator speech. The worst thing you can do is meet somebody and then give them a 30-second elevator speech. The best thing you can do is actually engage them in a conversation where you're asking questions about them, what brought them to the chamber meeting, what do they like most about the chamber, tell me about your business, what's your greatest challenge in business. Within a very short period of time, you'll be able to tell if, in fact, that's the right place for you to be. Um, I had one woman that was spending an awful lot of money uh, going to different networking meetings. She was buying the the chicken lunches, and she was going to probably three or four a week. That can and really add wasn't up getting over a result. Time. What's that? That can really add up over time. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And I said, well, you know, what kind of result are you getting? She goes, I'm not. I said, why are you still going to these meetings? She goes, well, somebody told me I should. And I said, well, that somebody didn't give you the right advice or you didn't hear what they really told you, which was make sure that the networking meetings you go to are the meetings where your potential clients would be. Another thing that you can do is you can look for opportunities to write for the local business journal. You can write op-ed uh, columns where most major newspapers have an op-ed, it's the opinion editorial where anybody can write an op-ed. And some people have gotten a lot of visibility by consistently putting their opinion out to the local newspaper. Uh, if you have a book that's coming out, you can get a lot of local media that way. You can get online media. One of the best things to do to get visibility is write a book because as soon as you write a book, if it's a good book, as soon as you write the book, you actually are considered more of an expert than somebody who doesn't have a book. So put effort into writing a book and then get some visibility around the book by doing interviews, by doing media releases, by looking for joint venture partners will help, who will help you to promote the book. So those would be a few ways. Excellent. And, uh, well, you wouldn't know this, but I interviewed uh, someone earlier about 
writing your book. Uh, it, it's and she said exactly the same thing. There's some celebrity factor that happens when you write a book, and I don't understand it, though I know it exists and it's real. That there's something about it that makes you an expert. I, I guess it's the rarity of getting to the point where you have a book that's actually right. published. Right. You know, and it's so interesting because I've become somewhat jaded around authors because I, almost everybody I know who's in my circle of influence is an author. That's, and so that's the way I, I feel. To me, it feels like the whole world's an author, but, but I forget that that's not the case. It's not. And I live in a very small rural community in Oregon, and we have a supermarket that just opened up a couple of months ago. Uh, that we hadn't had a supermarket for quite some time. Real small town. And they, for some reason, the people that worked there thought I was a realtor. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm a business consultant. And I said, and I'm an author. And they're like, you're an author? Oh, my gosh. You're an author. She's an author. She's an author. So what I did is I signed a book and brought it to the manager of the, uh, the uh, grocery store. And you would have thought that I walked on water. They were like, oh, my gosh, you are an author. And there's, some, there's a mystique to being an author. And so one of the best things that an expert can do for themselves is invest the time into writing, get the book professionally edited, have somebody work with you who can help you to make it look like a great product rather than trying to throw it together yourself. Because unfortunately, with print-on-demand publishing now, you can put anything out to market, and there are people that do that. That can hurt you more than it can help you. It can. Remember that if you're going to go to the trouble to publish a book and something that's got your name on it and it's physical and it's you know hardback or paperback, but it's this physical, tangible thing someone can hold in their hand and your name's on it, you want to be proud when they open it up. Absolutely. And a book can also be a vehicle that opens up other opportunities for you. For example, with my last book, Power Up for Profits, that particular book, when people bought it during a certain campaign that we were doing, they got tickets to an event that I was doing, a live event. Mm -hmm. That event generated close to $200,000 for a three-day event. Now, there was a lot of effort that went into putting the event on, but the book was the starting point of all this. We had it very strategically planned out of when the book was going to be released, when the event was going to take place, what the offer at the event would be, what the follow-up was. So it was very, very strategic. And since that time, I, I can't even calculate how much money that book, not on the front end, but on the back end, has created for me. Right. That's such a powerful lesson. Now, we've been talking about entrepreneurs mostly today, and we've been mm -hmm. talking about some online as well as offline marketing, but you, can, you, know, you can't get away without doing online marketing these days. But my next question for you is really how, how can people do more of what they're passionate about? Because we talked about some people are meant to have a J-O-B, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if that's not you how can I make sure that I'm getting to do more about what I'm passionate about and, and make, there's nothing wrong with making money, you know, while I'm at it. Money is good money, you know, and, and I'll tell you, that's a conversation a lot of women don't want to have. For some reason, it's like a, a dirty topic. Yes. And let's talk about money. Let's talk about we're in business to make money first and foremost. And when we make money, we can serve our market and we can do a lot of other things that we want to do. I happen to be into animal rescue. I donate a lot of money to different animal rescues and I've rescued quite a few animals. And believe me, they're not a cheap proposition. And so money is a conversation that we have to have around business. 
And to make sure you can do more of what you want to do, you have to treat your business like a business. You can't just show up when you want to show up. It's like have some set hours. And I actually, after 19 years of having my business in my home, I moved off-site. I have an office location, which is really odd when I have somebody walk in my office. It's like, why are you walking in my office? It's like, oh, it's because it's an office. But I have the space so that I can actually separate home from business. After 19 years, it was time. And who knows, maybe in a year or two, I might decide to go back into my home, but I really wanted that separation. And I have set hours that I'm going to be in my office, and it really has created a whole different level of discipline for me. So the way to do more of what you want to do is show up and do it, have strategic plans around your business, have goals for your business, um, get in front of your audience more, be really clear on who you want to do business with, and create massive action in your business. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be doing all the massive action. Oftentimes, the greatest bottleneck that we can have in our business of not getting more opportunity is trying to do it all ourselves. I have a team of five people that support me in what I do, and I couldn't do it at the level I do if I didn't have that support team. So that's, the I think, one of the greatest obstacles for solo entrepreneurs to overcome is realizing you do need support, you do need help, but you want to be strategic about who you bring on board. That, that's a good point. You know, I was talking to Joel Com once and he said when when um, he was building up his business that every time he reached a point where he was sort of maxed out and he had to contemplate, do I hire someone? And it was this big, you know, tumultuous thing in his head. Do I really hire someone? And then I've got to pay them and then we have to make sure we're making enough money to pay them and me. And But when he would bite the bullet and he would do it, his profits always increased. Absolutely. But he went through that same struggle every time that he considered uh, hiring someone, you know, and he was up to maybe 12, 15 people by this point. But he had that same struggle every time, and it was always worth it in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to go ahead and get over that hurdle. Kathleen, uh, tell my audience how they can get more of you. Where can they find you? Well, thank you for asking. Um, they can actually go to my website, which is powerupforprofits.com. And if they want to hear my podcast show, they can go to powerupforprofitspodcast.com. And uh, they'll find a lot of great information there. We have some free gifts. And on the podcast show, we have over 100 episodes with quality guests like what you have on your show. Excellent. Um, I'm sure that people will love that because I'm sure you've got a lot of great information over there that's going to help them move their business forward, which is exactly what we're trying to do here. And we can all use all the help we can get. I don't believe in uh, competition. I don't know about you. I just think that we're, we, as long as we all row in the same direction, the world's going to be a better place for all of us. Absolutely. I love it. So everyone, you need to go up to, to Power Up for Profits. Dot com spelled as it should be in the English language. I always have to say that because sometimes that's not the case. So Power Up for Profits. And you can uh, see her or listen to her podcast, Power Up for Profits podcast.com. Did I get that right? You did, Kaylin. Thank and we will, we will put those in the show notes. And uh, Kathleen Gage, I am so glad uh, that you found me and you made time for Act Local Marketing. It's been delightful. Thank you so much. And I encourage people to go out there, make it happen, and make some magic. Excellent. You have been listening to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business. You know, we bring you a new podcast episode 
every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And the goal is to have wonderful guests like Kathleen come and share their infinite wisdom so that you can move your business at least one more step forward. And until next time, I very much would like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.